listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer episode 89 on Ed Reach. The Gates Foundation confuses educators and puzzles. This can puzzles, which is a combination of confuse and puzzles. Yes, we just made that word up today, didn't we, Jerry? <laughs> okay, this is Ed Gamer for Saturday, February February sixteenth, twenty thirteen. Ed Gamer is part of the Ed Reach Network, EdReach.us, giving education a voice, a big voice, not a confuzzling voice, but a just a regular big voice, a big voice. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We'll discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. Y mi nombre Felipe. What would you change your name to? Uh, they didn't have a direct translation in Spanish class for Jerry when I was a kid, so they called me Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Felipe... Uh, who are you? My name is Jerry James, and I'm a visual arts educator in Schaumburg, Illinois. And my name is Zach Gilbert, which I was called Gilbert Gilbert. <laughs> I'll explain that one here in a second. And I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Norma, Illinois. So you picked out a name in French class. You had to pick out a French first name and use your real last name. I noticed that one of the names that was on the list was Gilbert, and I'm like, you know, was it Mademoiselle? Yeah. Is that married? Right. I see how much French I, learning. French. Nothing here. Hey, teacher. Oui, yeah. Oui, hey, teacher. Oui, oui. Yeah. Hey, teacher. Uh, how do you pronounce this? Gilbert. Oh, that's what I want. So I shall be known as Gilbert Gilbert. <laughs> Isn't that great? Sounds like uh, frozen yogurt or something. <laughs> of the Gilbert yes. with extra strawberries. And another Gilbert. The frozen oh, Gilbert. Love it. Cleanses the palate. I'm, I'm glad we know our high school foreign language names. Isn't that great? Hey, Jerry, you, did you have game club this no week? No game club this week. We've been doing some extra initiatives at school trying to get kids ready for uh, the big big April testing month. Everybody oh, loves hey, standardized testing. Standardized hey, testing. We might talk about that a little bit today. No. Might. Uh, we didn't have game club this week. We try to go every other week. Uh, next week we're meeting on Thursday night because Friday night we are preparing for the SIT conference. SIT. I stand for? SIT. Awesome. And getting ready for that on Saturday the 23rd of February. So we're getting really excited. Have a lot of pre-conference Minecraft entries. SIT. And Yes, Jerry, sit. You should have right. REM redo stand in the place where you are for just for the conference. Just sit in the place where you are. Wow. <laughs> I hate REM. Wow. You're a studio singer. <laughs> <laughs> I shall edit to you <laughs> via, like, Taylor Swift. Nice. You just need some auto-tune. Yes, exactly. So that's, yeah, the SIT conference is coming up, and you're up at... Uh, the high school up north, you have like 20 computers for the day of, for the contest the day of? I think so. Yeah, we're running the lab three times. We're still working out the, still clarifying some of the details that might be confuzzling. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm helping you out with that a little bit. Yeah. And how many total uh, 
kids or students are attending up there? Do you know? Excellent question, and I would be happy to let you know after I count them all one by one next week. I'm guessing the the wonderful lady that's in charge of that would be able to tell you. I'm guessing. Yes, we have over 500 students nice. attending at our site. I want to say there's a three or 400 some, 300 some. Yeah, that might be because there's right? about 16. Yeah, it does because there's I think there's about 1,600 students statewide. Okay, cool. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. The same day. Huh? What'd you say? I said that's amazing. Amazing, yes. <laughs> well, the room that... I don't know. You kind of cut off there. Uh, so we have one room. I'm going to be in charge of the elementary room, three grades three through five. I have 48 or 40 some computers in that room. And the secondary room, six through 12, has like 80 computers in it. And I think Friday night I'm going to be helping... I, we still have to figure out how it installs, and yeah. the kids will have to have a Minecraft account. But we figured out we could have 120 kids going uh, for three sessions. So if we get if we fill those up, you know, 120, 240, 360, 360 kids could compete in Minecraft contest on on that day, just in our at our site. I feel that somewhere Joel Levin is standing in his bedroom with like a cape on and a sorcerer's wand, just no, no, like no. laughing, going ha ha ha. A sorcerer's? He'd have his diamond sword. Yes, true. Yeah, you could. You know, the elves could <laughs> m- uh, make it magical. Minecraft is slowly taking over the world. It is. It is. It's part of a grand, a grand plan scheme. I like it. Speaking of grand plans and schemes. Yes. Yeah, easier I'm going. Okay, so that our title, uh, the Gates Foundation confuses educators. <laughs> now, I do have to say that, in in a matter of speaking, um, you know, I am a, I do like Bill Gates. I do like I do like Windows. I I know he is far from a perfect being, but you know, he's going to be looked upon in history as. You know, somebody quite important, along with Steve Jobs and some other people that were going on during this time, especially when computers had taken rise. Nice, nice people. I've yes. been out with Melinda several times in high school. What? What? And Bill. Bill and Melinda. Okay, sure. We're on a first-name basis. Right. So, in the, I guess, in the air of of Rockefeller and others who have given up their fortunes later in life. Bill Gates has, has done some wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. He's, there's some awesome projects that he's been working with through his Gates Foundation. Um, the one that just confuzzles <laughs> me is, is the, you know, his role in education. Sure. And I saw this through Zite, which is a, uh, app on my iPad. It's kind of like a personal, <laughs> personalized personalized magazine based on articles and things that I like. And there's request for uh, for proposal, literacy courseware challenge, which is based, of course, on the common core standards, common, you know, standards. Okay. And, and then as I'm also reading articles out there, I come across um, a person that is very frustrated with standardized testing and how it's really the title of this article is secret teacher uh, there's no autonomy in teaching today 
So this person is saying, bit by bit, the autonomy of teachers is being chipped away at people who don't trust us to plan effectively for the children we teach. Mm-hmm. So this this teacher talks about in his in his early teaching career, his friends would be jealous because time would fly by. There was no clock watching. He had he had autonomy. He was able to create wonderful lessons and put this all together and have fun. And learning was was going on and uh, wonderful things were happening. Now he. <laughs> It was when I realized, I'm quoting here, when I realized I was bored during one of my own lessons that I knew something was wrong. (laughs) Teaching is a lot of things, but boring it ain't. And if I was bored, how could I possibly be inspiring my class? So he's frustrated with the whole standardization and how it's basically taking his individual out, individualism, What's the word I'm looking for there, Jerry? Individuality. Yes. Uh, Away from him as a teacher. Then we started doing some research. I think it was me more doing research and Jerry just surfing the internet. I was just going to lay it on the couch. Yeah, pretty much. I went to Diane Ravitch's Ravitch's site. She has some awesome stuff. She does. And there was a quote from a teacher because she has these letters that she puts on on her blog. And one of the quotes that I pulled out here, standards are starting to be played out with, uh, with scripted lessons and pacing plans that don't allow you to meet the needs of your students, which I know was not their original intent. And that's, that's, that's this quote from this teacher. So we got one side where we're pushing standards, the Gates you know, Foundation and many others pushing this and saying we need standards-based uh, learning which is, I don't really have a super huge problem with that. It's the testing and how there's so much pressure being put on teachers for that testing yeah. that is changing their teaching. And basically, it, it feels, and you've talked about robot overlords before, Jerry. <laughs> it seems that we, you know, maybe that's part of Bill Gates' plan hmm, is to, you know, create robots and they would just sit in front of the class. Well, this is kind of left brain thinking. It's, hey, what do we want kids to know and then how can we most easily facilitate them and how can we just feed them this information so that they get it and then they can repeat it which is fantastic questions because isn't that the goal of education but you have the entire right brain hemisphere of problems and issues in education that can't be ignored you know the things about like what about home life? What about well, all the other circumstances? Not necessarily right brain, left brain things. I'm just using that as a metaphor. But, you know, when you bring the two together, this this might be, you know, sometimes those standardized formulas work. And I even get caught up in in having standards. You know, I, I think that those standards are fantastic. But we spend so much time bringing the lower end up to those standards. Once we let kids hit that standard, they're, they're often ignored after that standard. Yeah, and I find, because I have a student teacher this year, and she's phenomenal. She's doing a great job. You know, we're putting, she's finally, she's putting together her first unit of study in social studies. And and maybe I'm lucky. I, I, I feel that within our district, we have a little bit more flexibility in what we can do. We have a pacing guide, which was basically created by teachers that we talked about. These are the important topics that we need to discuss. We make sure that it matches up with the standards, but then we have the flexibility within that to do what we want to do in order to 
meet those um, meet those goals. And I found myself, she was putting stuff together and I said, okay, but we need to start with the assessment first, which is which totally makes, makes sense. We start with the end in mind. We're putting that together. And now we're matching up, making sure that it fits the pacing guide, which makes sure that we fit the standards. And it is a process, but it is quite intimidating to a first year, you know, a pre-student yeah. teacher, a student teacher, I should say, to go into this. And like I said, I'm in a pretty good district that has allows that flexibility. So I'm showing her that it's not as bad as what it looks like. But I also know there's schools within our state that it's much worse than what we have it. And there, it, it is more regimented. It is more dictated by the powers above saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. Yeah. And here are some lessons already put together and you need to follow this. And all we're doing is just... Like you said, we're uh, reading off a script. Yeah. And we talked about a district in the North Shore in class, graduate class the other night. And it was like it had gone it had gone from from a PLC, you know, professional learning community, being a couple of teachers in a school to say to say, okay, we're all going to be on page seven of the math book by this the end of this week. And then, you know, it got worse and worse to where it was like okay today we're all on page 12 tomorrow we'll all be on page 13 and then suddenly it was all the the math teachers in the district and then it was everybody in all the feeder districts you know just all being on the exact same page in the exact same day which is is completely turning it into a left left brain robotic you know type of And, and what are the factors that make that totally impossible the kids the kid i mean are, are you kidding me it's not like it's not like we're putting pieces together to build a vehicle it's we're dealing with kids we're dealing with all the complexities of those children and they're not at the same place and, and what i what i've seen is that some teachers will just plow through lessons and they either get it or they don't right. but then you have the pressures of well they're going to be tested and maybe down the road i could be evaluated on that so how, the pressure of that, when learning should be fun. Yeah, and, and I'm <laughs> struggling to see. I, I I understand people are trying to do this great movement, especially with like Common Core, where where core standards are coming together, and these are going to be really good for kids because it's the essential. What do we want them to know? But you know the problem with that is we're ignoring a completely changing environment where so many of of those what do we want them to know are statistics or numbers or people or basic information that can be found now online so the question is is it really important for kids to know that stuff is it important for them to memorize dates is it important for them to memorize a lot of these things when they have that information at their fingertips at all times or is it prob is it important to concentrate on skills that they will need like problem solving and um, other things that, that, that a computer can't do for you. Right. Well, this is the two sides of Bill Gates that uh, it just it confuses me. We have one side that is putting all this pressure on teachers and standardization, which is causing a lot of problems. And just to let you know, that one, that one article that I was reading from, The Secret Teacher, There's No Autonomy in Teaching Today, actually was in uh, the United Kingdom. Hmm. Interesting. But you could... you. I, I'm sure there's other teachers in our country here in the United States 
that feel exactly the same way. So I, I want to make that clear. But the two sides of, of Bill Gates here is that we have one that's pushing towards teacher accountability and making sure we have good teachers, which who can disagree with that? Now, how you do that can be disagreed upon, but, you know, getting better teachers, fine. But the pressure with the standardization and teachers teaching to the test is, is the bad side of that. Then you have this other side, which I'm going to pull from this request for per, uh, proposal for this literacy courseware challenge, uh, which you can receive a grant up to, you know, $25,000 to $500,000, okay? Uh, for all students, it will mean learning experiences that are tailored specifically to their progress against a clear set of academic standards, receiving constant actionable information on their progress, and experiencing the deep one-on-one -on -one engagement with their teacher. Mm, that's, that's, that's quite novel idea. And, there, and other students that is often missing in today's classrooms. We and many others call this vision personalized learning. Sir Ken Robinson has talked about this. Many others have talked about this. So you got one side that's pushing teachers to teach in a way that is, um, you know, production line. But then you got this other side that says, hey, we want all these wonderful things where you have one-on-one -on -one with a teacher and there's individual learning, and which means that it's going to be different, right, mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form, because each kid is different. I don't know if their whole goal is that you have different ways of reaching the kids to have them still pop out a, a cog, you know, a, a, a wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, you have five different methods of teaching, and they're still going to produce the same thing. I don't know if that's their thought, but I, I don't. I, that doesn't make sense to me either. Hmm. Do, you, do you see where I'm going yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just... Mm. Their goal is for the kid to produce an ear of corn. I don't know. I just now I'm just rambling because it just infuriates me because you <laughs> just got two sides here that are just opposing. It sounds wonderful. Let's put these. Let's put this initiative together and have um, a you know I don't know if a contest but you know a proposal for businesses to put together literacy uh, courseware which sounds great, which that's how and why we're talking about this on EdGamer. Because there's, they talk about, I guess in one of the articles that I was reading, that there's a lot of great things out there for math. And there is. Mm -hmm. Some of it is the chocolate-covered broccoli, mm -hmm. but some of it's really good. And there's not a lot out there for literacy. And I even emailed, uh, I guess, the article to Lucas Gillespie, who's in North Carolina, and he has the World of Warcraft uh, project in creative writing and literacy, and I thought this was right up his alley. Um, to hey, put something together, Lucas. See if you can, see if you can, do, you know, get into this uh, grant mm. and uh, see what you can come up with. Yeah. I don't know. It, it it's it's just very frustrating. It seems that we're being pulled in all different directions. You had something, you know, we heard about teachers out in Seattle a month or so ago mm -hmm. talking about how. You know, they're boycotting standardized testing. And then what happened up in Chicago here recently? Yeah, there was there's an open letter that came out the other day to Rahm Emanuel um, from a bunch of teachers where he went to elementary school, actually, and and also where um, the Obama uh, daughters went to elementary school as well. Public school? Um, no, I think this was from a, from a private school. But there are people on there from, like, Nutrier High School, so there are public schools. There's also okay. uh, Northern Illinois University. As well as I think University of Illinois, 
um, and then a couple other schools. I just briefly looked at it. So, so what was what were they saying? I, just calling for, you know, for discussion on on the standardized testing. That there needs to be needs to be a better way to do this. Yeah, it's not easy though, and we know no. this. It, it's it's not easy to assess. And then we're even in positions, and some teachers out there know what I'm going to bring up here, that, you know, we need, we have kids that need services, they need interventions, but we don't have the interventions yet for, for those areas, yeah. whether it's in math, which seems to be a common one. You know, we need interventions in math. Well, we, we this kid needs math help. Well, we really can't do anything yet because we don't have the interventions in place for math. <laughs> what in the world are you talking about? Yeah. That makes no sense at all. So... Like I said, bringing it back to Ed Gamer is that, you know, games are, are one tool uh, that can individualize. And I'm sure there's going to be people that are putting in for this request for proposal that will, you know, use games. And Gates Foundation, MacArthur Foundation, many others have really pushed the idea, the White House has pushed the idea of games and learning as a tool, a nice tool for students to to use teachers to use in the classroom in order to get it isn't it sad instead of having fun and learning to gather data <laughs> we can gather data now on our kids by playing games it, it, it seems like that's what we've broken it down to. <sighs> okay <laughs> there's our rant somebody's like when are you going to talk about games <laughs> you're going to talk about games um something i didn't add on here which uh, i i think i should just uh a friend of mine at a junior high across town, he's been in connection with Brain Pop, and they have, um, they're going to start a trial program because have you, you don't use Brain Pop, do you? I, I, you know, I've, I've looked through Speaking it. Speaking of art education. What's that? <laughs> for high school. Art education for high school. Yeah. Brain Pop, yeah, probably not. No, I've looked through it. So I'm familiar with it, but I don't use it. Okay, so, you know, they have videos. They have, um, you want to learn about, uh, well, we did a religion unit, so it talked about all the different religions. If I want to talk about um, China, uh, you know, it would have some topics on inventions. of I think they have a video on Chinese inventions. And then it would have worksheets and activities that go along with it. And it would really, you could do it on their own. They could, the kids could do it on their own. There was no way to see what, for the teachers to see what they've done. And I think they're going to have, this trial is going to be a way for uh, teachers to kind of keep track of, hey, they watched this video, how well do they understand it? Hmm. It's just an, another way to gather data, but in a in a way that's a little bit better. I don't know if it's really chocolate-covered broccoli. I think parts of it is. Yeah. But some of the games that they use on Brain Pop, which is from Filament and iCivics and such, really good stuff. Well, and, you know, we always talk about gathering data, and, and gathering data can be done in a, in a good way when that data... when is only used for assessment if it's reliable and valid, you know. Well, Otherwise, it's if you're using the point. data just to try to change your own teaching, then go for it. Then more data you want to gather, the better, you know. Right, but it's it's it most likely it's formative, in in scope. Right. You know, it's just it's just one point in time. One moment in time. Oh no. Okay, I don't want to sing. Oh, you know, no. REM there. You had REM. I don't know. This. Oh, I can't I you don't like REM? That's not REM. REM. That was not an REM song. That was song. not an REM song, but I still yeah. hate REM. Well, that's good. I I thoroughly enjoy them. Ugh. 
I don't like the song that you mentioned earlier. That's not one of my favorite REM songs. What do you like? What's the frequency, Kenneth? No. Why does Kenneth know the frequency anyway? And why is everyone asking him? Okay. We're, we're just going to stop there. We're going to stop on that. That's me in the corner. <clears throat> that. Really? Okay, so Shiny we're going to finish off with two... That's another bad song. <sighs> Goodness gracious. Okay. Uh, let's see. Triple A, Axis, and Allies found this... Um, some news about this. It is a AAA is an open source Axis and Allies board game remake for the PC. It is available for Windows, Mac, and Linux systems. Which oh, that's nice. And requires Java to run, which can be dangerous. Is this the same AAA like the people that come get your car? No. Oh. Uh, the way I'm thinking of AAA is um, anti-aircraft, but you know that's uh, yeah, that's kind of a World War II thing. So they, it's people risk are, on steroids. I like it. Risk on steroids, exactly. <laughs> uh, it could be a nice way because you know I've been looking at uh, making history, which for some students is wonderful. They love the complexities of of using that uh, making history through Muzzy Lane, you know, software. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is a little bit less complex and might be easier to grasp onto. You might not get as much information out of it as. As making history, but it's still, it's one of those that I think would be, um, I think there would be some teachers and students out there that would thoroughly enjoy this. So we have the link for that. And then one that's really not education um, oriented, but you know, it could be, I could see language arts because the storyline is that somebody is uh, making a Firefly board game. <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing now that I know a lot of these actors. Yeah, don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And my favorite being uh, Nathan Fillion, right? Who's that? The guy all the way on the left? No. The guy all the way on the right? Oh my the guy with the red coat? You are having some serious issues the one, there. The one lady in there is on Suits now. I like her. I know. She's awesome. Yeah, she's good. I love... Do you, did I get you into that show? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a USA addict, so I don't know. Okay. You know, you might have yeah. sold me back on it. Oh, I watched yeah. a little bit, and then I was like, meh, but now I... I just watched two episodes this morning. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I gotta catch up. I'm caught up. You want me to ruin it for you? It's so well... No, 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 no. Everything uh, goes up. Ah! Stop. Um, yeah, Gina Torres. That's the one. That's the actor. She's kind of like the owner. Who's the guy all the way on the left? Uh, that would be Adam Baldwin. That's another Baldwin? That's another Baldwin. God! <laughs> another Baldwin. Nathan Fillion's in the middle. Yeah, the Who'd guy with the red right? on. It's a brown coat. Yeah, whatever. It's that their nose brown coat. Okay, forget it. So it's a uh, it's a board game, and it looks pretty complex complex there. So I don't know. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'll have to I'll have to check that out. I like it. Have you? There's only what 13 episodes in Firefly. Okay. There's zombies in it, kind of like zombies. So I could do it in a day. You could, you could. Nice. It's really good. And then you got to watch. You've seen Serenity, haven't you? Uh, the movie? Serenity Now? No. No. Serenity the movie? No. Okay. Well, you watch the series, and then you watch the movie. Okay. That's really good. Okay, I can't think of anything else, Jerry. I'm tired. I think... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anything else? Nope. Good. We'll have to figure out next week. Uh, hopefully we can record early, or maybe just do some short when we're at the SIT conference. I'll be standing around at SIT. Oh my goodness. I'm going to see if somebody can make a t-shirt though. I think that'd be cool. 
Thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Watch out for the asteroids. Yes, they're aliens, actually. That's, didn't they come out and say that? So somebody came out and was talking about it's an alien invasion. Oh, I'm sure somebody did. I'm sure it only took about Pretty, 30 seconds for somebody to think it was aliens. Yeah. And what is the percentage of Russians who own vehicles that have dash games? <laughs> And will that start increasing? And and to say that I haven't thought about, I mean, I have actually thought about, hmm, I wonder if I should get a dash cam. (laughs) 